in Majdanek. We are standing opposite block 14. We just walked inside and we saw how they slept, how difficult it was and it was cramped together in a row where you could only turn over if everybody else turned over, if you got an itch. It was, it was very, very difficult. We've taken off our layers, our coats, our scarves, our hats, even though it's not even such a cold day, but just a slight little bit of discomfort to feel slightly understanding, maybe a tiny bit. Just imagine if you have, not that what you have, which is a nice pair of boots, and many of you are wearing nice undershirts and a little bit of warmth, socks. They didn't have socks. They had clogs, which were, some of them were left, two lefts or two rights that weren't the same size often. Difficult to walk around, it was raining. They were in these thin little pajamas and they stood out here for hours and hours and hours. Can you imagine what the Nazis did to them? Just to dehumanize them so they shouldn't feel human standing for hours, it was rain was coming down, the snow was coming down, it wouldn't make a difference. They stand out here for hours or the Nazis would come in their nice fat coats with their nice scarves, their nice hats and their boots, would walk around whipping them, hitting them, do whatever it was. Do we realize what that feels like? I want to give you a schedule of the day, of what a day looked like at this camp. Not every camp was the same, every camp had their rules and regulations. I want to give you a uh, account that was given by a survivor of this camp of exactly what happened. Just understand, okay? 3 a.m. Dress quickly, dress quickly. Make your bed. Punishments if you were slightly irregular or late in making your bed of 25 lashes to your bare skin, which was after you got those 25 lashes, it was impossible to sit or lie for an entire month. That was if you were slightly late in making your bed. Everybody had to leave the barracks immediately, right here. They stood right here where we're standing. It was still dark unless the moon was shining. People are trembling. They hardly had sleep. It's freezing cold. They would bundle together as much as the Nazis would allow them to, to get a little bit of body warmth. That was what was called a washroom, where everyone in the camp was supposed to wash. But there were only a few faucets. There were four and a half thousand people in each section, there were no soap, no towels, it was freezing cold. It was basically theoretical, but not very practical. Five o'clock in the morning, breakfast is served. They will get half a litre of black bitter coffee. That's all we got at that time. 6 a.m., head count. We had to stand at attention in fives, according to the barracks, of which there were 22 in each section. We stood there until the SS men had satisfied their game-playing instincts by humorous orders to take on and put on caps, and then they received their orders and counted us. After the head, head count, work in groups. Some went to rebuild railway um, stations or tracks or a road. Some went to quarries to carry stones or coal. Some went to take out the manure, potato digging, uh, barracks or sewer repairs. It all outs all inside the camp enclosure. During the work, the SS beat them with terrible, horrible, no reason whatsoever. They were like wild beasts, having found their victim, ordered him to present his backside, beat him with a stick or a whip, and usually the stick broke. The victim screamed only after the first blow. Afterwards, he fell unconscious, and the SS man then kicked him at the ribs, the face, and some of the most sensitive parts of a man's body, and then, finally convinced that the victim was at the end of his strength, ordered another Jew 
to pour a pail of water after the other, on the other person until he woke up and forced him to get up. The favorite sport of the SS men was to make a boxing sack out of the Jews. This was done in the following way. Two Jews stood up, one being forced to hold the other one by the collar. An SS man trained him, giving him a knockout. Of course, after the first blow, the poor victim was likely to fail, and this was prevented by the other Jew holding on, so he couldn't even fall. After the murderer had trained in this way for only 15 minutes, and only after the poor victim was completely shattered and covered in blood, his teeth knocked out, his, bro his nose broken, his eyes hit, they released him and ordered a doctor to treat his room wounds. That was their way of taking care and being generous. Another customary SS habit was to kick a Jew with a heavy boot. The Jew was forced to stand at attention and all the while the SS man kicked him until he broke some bones. People that stood near to, that, to such a victim often heard the bones being broken. The pain was so terrible that many people died just simply of the agony. Apart from the SS men, there were other expert hangmen. They were called the capos. Work was generally unproductive. Just the purpose was exhaustion and torture. 12 o'clock, Rabbi Sai was a break. Break for a meal. Stand in line, receive half a liter of soup. Normally it was cabbage soup or some other watery liquid. Tasteless. That was lunch. It was eaten in all weather. Under the sky, never to be eaten in the barracks. No spoons were ever provided for their soup, even though there were wooden spoons lay on every bunk, probably just to show for the Red Cross when they came to check out things, that they had spoons. But one had to drink the soup out of the bowl and lick it like a dog. That was what they wanted every Jew to feel like over there. That was their lunch. Between one and six, work again. These were days, there were days of punishment when lunch was given together with the evening meal and it was by that time cold and sour. So our stomach was empty for a whole day and afternoon work was the same, lashes, smacks, boots, everything. 6 p.m., evening headcount. We were forced to stand at attention, receiving, uh, getting reports. We usually were left standing for an hour or two, freezing, cold, rain, snow, wearing no socks, with a layer of just a small, thin layer, standing here for an hour or two in the freezing cold, Rabbi Sai. This is what they went through. We cannot and should not and never will, but as Hashem, feel that. But just a little bit to understand what they went through in this place. And yet, when we hear stories of Yidin that went to put on tefillin, that made themselves a Seder night, Maybe they didn't have matzahs, they had three little pieces of radish or cabbage, whatever they had. But they wanted a Makai in the mitzvahs. This never broke them. This has never broken Klal Yisrael. What Yidin, what Yidin went through, what the Goyim will put them through, will never, ever break us. And we have to remember that, internalize it, and live it, Be'ez HaShem.